This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. Many prophets in the Old Testament spoke of the latter days, foretelling events that were far into the future as they rebuked Israel for falling into idolatry. And as the prophet spoke in symbol, it's very easy to apply their prophecies to current events, any current event, that holds a grip of fear on the people. God was proclaiming that His coming judgment on Israel for abandoning the Old Covenant was coming, and that that judgment was death unless a Savior came to redeem them from their sin. And while the signs of the time seem to be pointing to the last days, as described in the Old Testament, we find that the latter days, spoken by the prophets, are not what we would call the end of days. In fact, the latter days that were prophesied proclaim a much, much different time and place. I was amazed as the missionaries from our new church returned from overseas, describing each and every person that they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with. It was awe-inspiring to hear stories of those in other nations who had never heard of Christ and who never knew that a Savior died for their sins on the cross. Some even thought that they knew Jesus, But to them, Christ was just another god that they worshipped, along with Muhammad or Buddha or some other prophet. Taking the approach that belief in their mixture of prophets was somehow required to know God. The different version of God that they believed was not the one true God that told us not to worship other gods. And the version of Jesus that they believed was not the Son of God that would change a heart to desire to leave those other gods. I thought about the many in other parts of the world that are in this condition. Those that think that they have accepted Christ, but simply placed him on the shelf with several other gods. Many have taken the charismatic style over-spiritualization of any blessing that God has given us, and they mistake God for nothing more than a God of blessing. This God of blessing that they believe can bring healing or change in the paths of life if they pray in his name. But it's simply one in a line of many other gods that have been misrepresented in the same way. 
To them, Christ is just another way to heal the body without medicine, or a way to make rain fall for those withering crops. In many ways, the divine healing movement is responsible for this. The Voice of Healing magazine depicts hundreds of men and their supernatural stories with full intentions of bringing amazement. These men travel around the world spreading the gospel of healing to the crowds. And the natives of each country were fully accepting as, as this movement started. We find several ministers preaching hand in hand in the cities throughout South America and South Africa and India and more, each fully supporting each other as their movement seemed to be blessed. But when this movement started to fizzle, it seemed as though the crowds were only interested in the ministers who could bring the most amazement. Men who once preached together in unity began to find ways to spiritualize more and more stories and tried to squeeze blessings from the hand of God, where there was no blessing to be found. And as the natives realized that these blessings in the form of healing began to fade, and because that they were looking for a God of healing, they turned to other gods for support. They never knew the real Jesus Christ, and the gospel of Jesus Christ was never taught. Instead, a different gospel was spread, one that was focused on healing of the body rather than Christ's words that these mortal bodies are fading for a new body that will never fade. William Branham's gospel was aligned with this movement and specifically aligned with scriptures from the Old Testament describing the latter days. Often, Branham would describe salvation as being healed and take scriptures of the Old Testament, of the Old Testament prophets that apply to the latter days, Branham would apply them to his own ministry. In fact, Branham taught that salvation and healing were one and the same. 1951, the sermon entitled, The Angel of the Lord, he says, Now the same word in the Bible translated, S-A-V-E-D, and healed, is the very same word all through scriptures. Anyone knows that. Well now, well, when you're saved spiritually, you're saved physically. Now he said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee, physically saved you. Now it's in the redemption, it's in the atonement, it's in the plan of God. You can be spiritually saved or physically saved because he was wounded for our transgressions with his stripes were healed. Is that right? So just according to your faith, now in his loving mercy, other ministers throughout the years has passed through the land and preached this wonderful world. Thousands of people has been blessed and saved and healed and so forth. Then in his sovereign mercy in the last days, as he promised, when the last days I will pour out my spirit. That's 1951, the angel of the Lord. This, of course, was describing the prophecy of Joel, found in chapter 2, which Peter proclaimed was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. But William Branham pointed Joel's prophecy to his own ministry, using the phrase, the last days, out of context, to apply to the end of days. Those listening for these awe-inspiring stories, watching the many confessions of healing, began to associate healing with salvation in their minds. 
Since they were healed, they mistakenly thought they were also saved. But as I sat and listened to the ministry, the missionaries that were returning from overseas in my church, I realized that there is a vast difference in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and spreading the gospel of divine healing. While the, the divine healers told their listeners that God would heal their bodies, save them, if they believed in the name of Jesus Christ, the missionaries of the real gospel of Jesus Christ spread the good news that these earthly bodies mean nothing. The work that Christ did on the cross was far greater than anything that this world has to offer. God may send blessing to heal bodies, but then again, God may have much more in store for them. God may even be using their dire situation just to lead one more soul into his body. And then these missionaries may be sent so that the real gospel can spread even further. It's interesting when you study the scriptures concerning the latter days, because while the verses have been twisted and refocused to the divine healing movement, their first mention in scripture is a very similar, similar situation. Balaam, who William Branham taught had the same anointing as Moses, was a sorcerer who practiced divination, a sin punishable by death under the Mosaic law. In fact, Balaam was one of the most powerful sorcerers in the land, traveling hundreds of miles at the request of Balak to place a curse on the children of Israel. The God that Balaam served was not the same God that forbade Israel from cursing, from divination, and from all forms of evil. Yet Balaam came forth with a God that had the same name as the one true God. But Balaam's last oracle, and while attempting to curse Israel, God turned his prophecy of a curse into a prophecy of blessing, the greatest blessing that the world would ever know. This blessing, according to the word from the Lord, was to come in the latter days. Numbers 24, 14 through 17 says, and this is Balaam, And now behold, I'm going to my people. Come, I will let you know what this people will do to your people in the latter days. And he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened, the oracle of him who hears the words of God, and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty falling down with his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. This prophecy, the very first in the Bible describing the Christ child, came from Balaam. And the prophecy was pointing to the latter days, which was a vague and distant future for the children of Israel. While the last days described in the New Testament point to the end of days, all scriptures in the Old Testament describing the latter days point to the day when the prophets would come to an end, and the Son of God rises into authority. In Micah 3, the word of the Lord came through Micah to describe the latter days and condemned even the prophets of Israel. Micah 3 says, Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray, who cry peace 
when they have something to eat, but declare war against him who puts nothing in their mouths. Therefore it shall be a night to you, without vision and a darkness to you, without divination. The sun shall go down on the prophets, and the day shall be black over them. It's Micah 3, verses 5 through 6. And without taking the entire prophecy in context, snipping out this single section of the Bible, one would falsely believe that God is speaking only to the prophets of that current time in Israel. But remember the words of Christ in the book of Luke. Luke 16, 16 says, The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way into it. But even if we continue reading in the prophecy of Micah, the focus is pointed to Christ, not the divine healing movement. Micah 4, 1-2 says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and the people shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob, that he may teach us in his ways, and we may walk in his paths. There is no greater teacher than Christ. And no greater teacher will rise in human flesh since the day that Christ ascended to the throne. Once Christ ascended, he sent his Holy Spirit to judge the world, that same judgment that the Old Testament prophets foretold. Remember, that same spirit that was sent to lead us and guide us was also sent to judge sin. John 16, 4-11 says, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I've said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will con convict this world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go unto the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. That's John 16, 4-11. Even Moses spoke concerning the latter days and described the very situation that brought an end to the prophets. Israel was being punished for their idolatry. Jerusalem invaded and scattered. While the temple lay in ruin, Ezekiel, Daniel, and many other Jews were taken captive by Babylon. The rest were scattered to the four winds. Zechariah's prophecy after captivity was a call to gather them back together. And Moses declared that if they abandoned the law, this would happen. They would be so scattered that they would only be a few in number among the nations. He said that in the latter days, they would be restored. Moses said, And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods of wood and stone, the work of human hands, that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord God, and you will find him, if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. When you are in tribulation and these things come upon you in the latter days, 
you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore unto them. It's Deuteronomy 4, 27-30. And Isaiah, speaking directly from God, spoke the same words that came to Micah, almost word for word. Isaiah 2, 2-3 says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountains and lifted up above the hills. And all nations shall flow to it, and many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. Jeremiah also proclaimed that the Christ would come in the latter days. But before they saw this day fulfilled, God would execute his judgment against their idolatry. Only in the latter days, when the prince comes, would Israel understand this. Jeremiah 30 says, Their prince shall be one of themselves. Their ruler shall come out of their midst. I will make him draw near, and he shall approach me. For who would dare himself to approach me, declares the Lord. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst open the head of, of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intentions of his mind. In the latter days, you will understand this. It's Jeremiah 30, 21 through 24. While it may seem harmless to point these scriptures into the future and to the return of Christ, twisting any scripture alters the context of other passages. To call the divine healing movement the latter days or the latter reign, one must also point the scriptures of a coming redeemer to those days. Taking the restoration of Israel by the Christ and applying them to a man. I truly believe that this twisting of Scripture is the reason that we see so many cult leaders rise in the name of Christianity. The God that they serve may have the same name as the God that we serve, but their Christ is not the same Christ that died on the cross to redeem us from the law and to lift us into the shelter of grace. Their God is a different God one that requires a human for salvation. Faith in their God also means faith in their leader, making their leader an interceder between God and man. To any trapped in any of these cults that have risen from this movement, the words of Paul to Tim Timothy should help give you strength and courage. Paul writes this in 1 Timothy 2, First of all, then I, I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, kings who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and a quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. 
I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. Thank you.